Carolina heads off for its first true road game of the season with the chance to continue proving to everyone exactly what this team is made of. Oh, and by the way, it's time for some revenge. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you everydayers for joining us to make Locked on Tar Heels your first listener watch to get your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Well, folks, here we go. Coming up on the show today, we got to get you ready for Carolina's second ACC game of the season, but the first of the main chunk of these final 19 games. Tar Heels heading up to Pittsburgh to take on the Panthers. So we'll have the preview of that, four-corner style as we always do, my prediction, all of that uh, coming up for you. By the way, if you want to be in on chatting with us, hanging out during the game, make sure to come into the Locked on Tar Heels Discord channel where we're talking Carolina stuff all the time. The link for that is in the show notes. Carolina is up to number eight in the new AP poll. It's a big week for the Tar Heels. Pitt tonight and then at Clemson on Saturday. You win both of those games, you're looking at continuing to rise up the polls, especially now as everyone is getting into conference play big opportunity. Also, since it's Tuesday, you know that means it's time for Tuesday trivia. We'll ask it now, and then we'll answer the question toward the end of the show. You ready? Here we go. Mr. Armando Baycott has 1,987 career points. He is 13 away from becoming the seventh Tar Heel ever to score 2,000 career points. Your question, who are the other Six. Again, the answer to that coming up at the end of the show. So let's let's look big picture at this game at Pitt. I said it already, but this is the first true road game of the season for the Tar Heels. Isn't that kind of interesting? You, you might not have guessed that. But every game Carolina has played so far has either been in the Smith Center or at a neutral site. It's not typical for the Tar Heels, but here we go and here we are. So you also know, because we've talked about it quite a bit here on the show, this is the first of three straight road games. I just mentioned the first two of those, Pittsburgh tonight at Pitt, at Clemson on Saturday, and then at NC State next week. So this is a tough gauntlet to start off the main chunk of ACC play. If you haven't been dialed in on basketball yet, maybe it's like, hey, NFL regular season's wrapping up, college football's wrapping up. Let's, let me get in on basketball now that it's the new year. If you haven't been paying attention, this Clemson team that Carolina has to face is legit. And you know, and we're going to talk about it here soon, Carolina has not had much success lately with Pitt and NC State. That's always a brawl. And so this three-game stretch is going to be very telling. As for what Carolina needs to do in this stretch, I mean, clearly the goal is to win all three of them. I will say that I can live with two, but I legitimately expect that Carolina can win all three of these. 
the Clemson game should is the toughest of the three on paper, at least. But none of it matters if you don't start by beating Pitt to at the beginning of that three-game stretch tonight. And by the way, this is a game, uh, you know, at Pitt where Carolina's got to show what to do. So if the Tar Heels want to be road warriors this year, this is their first chance to show it because this is what we're looking for as teams get into conference play. Who's going to be able to go on the road and win and, and show that it's not just like, oh yeah, we're really good in, in the confines of our home arena. No, the best teams, the elite teams, the tip top teams at the top of the nation do it on the road as well. So it starts tonight. And again, this is to me, the easiest of the of these three road games in a row to start ACC play. So you got to take care of business against Pitt. Now, interestingly, the first two years of the Hubert Davis era, there's been a little bit of a dichotomy of how Carolina's done on the road. The first year of the Hubert Davis era, Carolina was eight and three on the road overall, seven and three in ACC play. They played at College of Charleston that year and won there. So seven and three ACC road record. You'll take that. Obviously, I'd love to have even more, but seven and three is strong. Last year, though, Carolina was not as good on the road. Four and seven overall. They played at Indiana in the ACC Big Ten Challenge and then four and six in ACC play. Quite frankly, that will not cut it. As you look at the at the road schedule, it is not easy. It is difficult. I'm just telling you right now. Um, I would like to see Carolina, despite how difficult it is, at least go seven and three, if not eight and two, nine and one. And if we're dreaming, 10 and 0, like why not? You know, but I I think seven and three has to be the low end goal, which again, you want to do better than that. But I mean, you're looking at at Clemson, at NC State, at Duke at Virginia. You got all these games and so uh really really need to take to, to take care of it because again, this is where conference championships are won and lost. Regular season conference championships are won and lost is on the road. And as you go ahead even now and start thinking about seeding for the ACC tournament, you want to get one of those top 4 double buys, take care of business away from home. Now, we're going to take care talk about exactly how Carolina can take care of winning on the road. We'll do that as part of the four corners preview coming up. One of the other things to remember is that this is also a moment for some revenge for the Tar Heels because Pitt beat Carolina twice last season by a combined three points. I'm not even joking. Carolina was 0-2 against Pittsburgh last year, but by three total points. The first game um, that was 76-74 at Pitt. That was the game where Jamarius Burton scored 31 points on the Tar Heels. That was embarrassing. Carolina led that game by six at the half. They led it by nine with just over 11 minutes to go. But then Pitt eventually took a lead with four minutes left and Carolina never led again. I mean, it was a terribly disappointing moment and, uh, you know, quite frankly, a harbinger of things to come. And then the home game, Carolina lost that one 65-64. That was where all that ridiculousness with Jason Capel happened. Do you remember that where he got all bent out of shape? There was a perceived slight with Creighton Lebo being the the picture on the social media cover, whatever it was, you know, it's like, buddy, come on, you got you you got to do better. Anyway, Carolina led that game. They had a one point lead um, with like four or five seconds to go. Pitt hits two free throws with three seconds, and that's your ball game. So here that that's where we're at. Carolina just cannot do that 
again. So big opportunity, road game, revenge-minded, let's take care of business. Now, how is Carolina going to go about doing that? I'm going to let you know as we get into our Four Corners preview. We'll get to that in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL season is wrapping up, the regular season anyway, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is really easy to use, and they've got a whole array of betting options. Things like same-game parlays. There's a new Explore tab where you can find various bets. Um, The Parlay Hub is there where you can make all those parlays. You've even already got odds for this this basketball game tonight, Carolina at Pitt Tar Heels, favored by three and a half points. Obviously, we'll talk more about that later. So if you want to get in on that action, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. As we always do, it's our Four Corners preview, getting you ready for this basketball game. If you're new to the show, you haven't been with us, maybe you're checking in again uh, to start the new year. Every game uh, to preview and recap what we do for basketball is to honor Coach Dean Smith. We have our four corners preview, and then on tomorrow's show after the game, we'll have the four corners recap, where I just take you through four things that I'm looking for in particular in this game. The first of which, we've already talked about the reality of it. I want to talk about the how of it is this first road game. We talked about what that means. Now I want to tell you what Carolina needs to do to take care of business in this road environment. First off for me, Carolina needs to rely on their experience. The Tar Heels are the fifth most experienced team in the nation compared to Pitt, who is the 119th most experienced team in the nation. Carolina has a big advantage there and they need to show it. So how do you do that? Well, you you get the ball to your guys who are used to it. Mondo needs paint touches early and often. That doesn't mean he has to get shots up. It means you need to play through him. Let him facilitate some. Get RJ going downhill. Get him involved, whatever that looks like, and then share the ball around as well. Like Again, rely on this experience. Sure, if you want to take some open threes, great. Other than that, I don't want to see forced threes, nothing like that. Get get high percentage shots early in this game. And what does that allow you to do? That allows you to get ahead early, take the crowd out of it. You do not want the crowd to become a factor in this game. Again, as a, as an experienced old team, you know what that means. You know how to do it. So let Cormac Ryan use that edge to get out. Let that create some of the for you. Also, speaking of taking the crowd out of it, school's not back in session yet. So hopefully you don't have a crazy student section going on and it just makes it all the easier to take the crowd out of this game and then build that lead early and then never let up, right? We talked about how that game last year, Carolina had a nine point lead and allowed Pitt to come back, take a lead with four minutes left and then Pitt held the lead. No. So sure, get that nine point lead, but then you got to keep pushing it out. I want to see these Tar Heels coming off the bench in waves. Seth Trimble, Jalen Washington, all these guys building on what they have been doing. So that's the first thing. That's how you go win on the road. Now, four corners preview point number two. 
We're often looking at which units match up interestingly, and in this game, it's the Tar Heel offense against the Panther defense. It's one of those something's got to give scenarios. As of right now, Pittsburgh is second in the ACC in average points allowed. I'll give you one guess who's number one at that, Virginia. Pitt is allowing just 64.8 points per game right now. In fact, they've only allowed two opponents that they've played this year to score 80 points, and one of those was 81 and the other was 86. So that they no one has scored more than 86 points on Pittsburgh this year. Now, strength of schedule comes into play a little bit here. We'll talk more about it later, but I'm just telling you now, Pitt's strength of schedule is not strong. Now, flip-flop this, Carolina, on the other hand, has only scored less than 80 three times this season, and that's 76, 77, 78 points. So Carolina has never scored fewer than 76. Pitt has never allowed more than 86. Something has to give in this matchup. Which is it going to be? I I think I know which way that's going to be. But again, that's on paper. We got to see how it's going to play out. So we're critically watching this. How does Carolina's offense do against that Pittsburgh defense? Something to watch out for. Number three on our four corners preview that we're watching for. Remember coming out of the Charleston Southern game, we talked about, uh, and, and this was on yesterday's show on New Year's Day, that Carolina played a lineup against Charleston Southern that they had not played all season long, but it was one that we'd been looking for, wanting to see, you know, hoping that Coach Davis would roll out there, and he did. That lineup, again, R.J. Davis, Cormac Ryan, Harrison Ingram, Jalen Washington, and Armando Baycott. So basically, Coach just said, all right, here's the starters, took out Cadeau, put in Jalen Washington. So it gives you a bigger size advantage, a bigger front court and allows you to do things. Now, part of the reason Carolina has been able to do this is that R.J. Davis has not just been a scorer. He's been a great facilitator. Again, as a reminder, in the past two games combined, 15 assists, zero turnovers. He's doing the things that you need R.J. to do, but he's handling it himself, and that allows you, um, with with Elliott, just not scoring very much, um, to get in a Jalen Washington to do that. Now, that's critically important to, to have that kind of bigger front court in a game like this. Why? Because Pittsburgh leads the ACC in total rebounds per game at 42.2. Now, Carolina's fourth. They're not doing poorly. They're fourth in the conference at 38.5 rebounds per game. But it's not used, you know, it's not what you're usually used to seeing from the Tar Heels where they're blowing out everyone on the glass. So will we see more of this lineup? I don't know, but against the conference's leading rebounding team, you expect, and and again, with with Coach Davis harping on, hey, we got to rebound the ball better, getting in a bigger lineup will certainly allow you to do so. So we'll see. That's point number three. Four corners preview number four. Here's the job of Carolina. We talked about Carolina O versus Pitt D. Let's look about one specific matchup when it's going the other way. Carolina has to shut down Blake Henson. Last year, it was Jamarius Burton, right? Like he's the dude that torched Carolina. But Blake Henson is the third leading scorer right now in the ACC behind only RJ Davis and Clemson's PJ Hall, who again, we'll see on Saturday. 
Last year, Carolina did a really nice job of holding Henson in check. In the first game, Henson scored 16. I'll give him that. But he needed 14 shots to get there. Shot just 4 of 14 from the field. In the second game against the Tar Heels, he only got two points. In those two games last year, Blake Henson was a combined 5 of 21 from the field, 3 of 14 from 3. Here's the difference. This year, North Carolina doesn't have a young man by the name of Leaky Black to guard Blake Henson. So who is going to be the guy that says, look, I got this. Give me the assignment. Is it Cormac Ryan? Is it Harrison Ingram? I'm guessing it'll be one of those two guys, but we got to wait and see. And then just exactly how Carolina is going to attack it. Are they going to look to shut down Henson? Are they going to look to say, hey, look, we're going to give you yours, but we're going to work to shut out everyone else and make like make somebody other than Blake Henson beat us. I'm always curious to see that, but that is a, a critical facet of this game is what does Carolina do against the conference's third leading score? But again, the Tar Heels have the conference's first leading score. So we'll take that. For me, the key to shutting down or slowing down at least Blake Henson, because a lot of times you're not going to be able to completely shut down a player of his caliber is to be physical with him. Why do I say that? Well, number one, that just bothers people, but also because he's shooting just 65.6% from the free throw line this season. It's interesting because you compare him and RJ Davis, who are both averaging, uh, you know, essentially the same amount of free throws per game. Blake Henson has taken 64 free throws and only made 42 of them. That means he's missed 22. RJ Davis, on the other hand, has taken 59 free throws, so five less, but he's made 56. That That is the difference in winning and losing games, particularly as we get to conference play. So you, you want to slow down Blake Henson? Be physical with him. Get up into him. Let's throw multiple defenders at him, whether it's um, Cormac or Harrison, that's the primary defender. Let's, let's use a bunch of dudes on him, get him bothered and frustrated, make him get to the line where, he, again, he's only shooting 65.6. That is the Four Corners recap. All right, we want to get. I, I want to get you set up to know more specifically about Pitt. I want to paint all these big picture things, but then let you know here's what we can be on the lookout for from Jeff Capel's team: what their strengths are, what they're doing well, what they're not doing well, what they've done so far this season. Give you my prediction, and also big win for the Carolina women on New Year's Eve. And of course, we got to get you the Tuesday trivia answer. All of that coming up in just a second. Okay, here we go. North Carolina at Pittsburgh tonight, Tuesday, January 2nd. This game's on ESPN at 7 p.m. Eastern. The FanDuel line is North Carolina by three and a half. It's by three at Ken Palm. That's what we're staring at. I'll give you my prediction on that here in just a little bit. Series record. North Carolina does not lead this. I mean, they lead the series, but not by as much as you would probably think coming, coming in. Excuse me. Remember that Pitt just you know, since 2014, 15, somewhere in there has been in the ACC. So they've not played a ton, but they've played. This will be the 24th all-time matchup. Carolina leads the series 15 to eight. Again, you would probably think it's a wider margin than that. In fact, you would like it to be a wider margin than that. Here's the thing. It was up until the last three or four years because Pitt has won three in a row and five of the last six in this series. You probably wouldn't have guessed that, but it's true. So that means prior to this little pit dominance of the series, Carolina led the series 14 to three. That's more what you would expect 
out of this. Now, to be fair, those six games that Pitt has won five of have coincided with the last four years where the Tar Heels just haven't been the Tar Heels, right? You, We all know that they've not been to Carolina standards since essentially the 1819 season. And pr- 1819 and before that, the Tar Heels had won six straight in the series. That's what Carolina needs to get back to. It's time to change that narrative starting tonight because I am sick and tired of not consistently beating Pitt. There is no reason for it, and you got to take care of business today. As you know, their coach is Jeff Capel, uh, former Duke star and the brother of former Carolina player Jason Capel, as we talked about earlier, who made that whole stink last year, and it was just like, bro nobody's thinking about you as you know, like you're making this about you and nobody else is stop it. Right. Just, just, just stop it. So uh, this is Capel's sixth year at Pitt. The Panthers made the tournament last year, but that was the first time they had done so since 2014. Woof. That's not good. The Panthers right now are 45th at Ken Palm. They are 41st in the net, meaning that this is going to be a quad one opportunity for the Tar Heels, which is a big deal. Right now, Carolina has two um, uh, quad one wins. This could be the third. True road games, you get a a team can be ranked as low as 75th and it be quad one. So Carolina's got some good space here um, to beat Pitt and not worry about Pitt falling out of that threshold. So this is a quad one game for the Tar Heels. Pitt was picked ninth in the ACC preseason poll. Thus far, they are nine and four on the season and 0 and two in ACC play. Of their four losses, it's to Florida on a neutral at a neutral site, Mizzou at home, Clemson at home, and then Syracuse on the road this past weekend. Uh, again, Clemson's really good. No, nothing wrong with that loss. Florida is a strong team. Mizzou's not as good this year as they were last year. So uh, especially losing that game at home, you can't really do that. Syracuse on the road, uh, you can understand that. That's kind of a toss-up game. Here's the deal with Pittsburgh's wins, though. They don't really have any wins of note. Their best win is West Virginia, who's 125th at Ken Palm. In fact, all nine of their wins are either quad three or quad four games. They have zero wins in quad one or two. That's not good. But what does that mean? They're going to be looking to make up for that, looking to atone for that in this one, because this is a big time quad one opportunity for Pitt, just like Carolina. The Tar Heels have to be ready. This is not a great Pitt team, but that doesn't mean they can't win this game. Got to take care of business. I talked about the strength of schedule earlier. As you know, because you've been tracking with the Tar Heels, you've been tracking with the show, Carolina has been tested a lot this season. In fact, their non-conference strength of schedule is 22nd. Pitts, 321st. So again, that doesn't mean that Pitt doesn't have the talent or capability to win this game, but they they have not been in this type of environment yet, where Carolina, that's about all they've done, it feels like, has been in this type of environment. Carolina's ready. They've been tested, but they got to go out and do it. So as far as players to watch for Pitt, I want to give you two specifically. Uh, thank, thank goodness Jamarius Burton is gone. Remember, he torched Carolina last year. They just let him go one-on-one and... and 
Tar Heels couldn't do it. We talked about Blake Hinson earlier. He's averaging 19 and a half points, five boards, and one assist. Where he's really making hay is beyond the arc. 44% on eight attempts a game from three. So you know that means, uh, again, we talked about guarding him. You got to get up in and run him off the three-point line, make him a driver. The other player you need to know about, you probably don't know about unless you've been following college basketball closely already this year because he's a freshman, and that's Carlton Carrington, who is Pitt's freshman point guard. He is, is a dude. I'm not going to mince words with this. He's awesome. You need to check him out. I mean, obviously you will tonight, but he is in, in first-round NBA draft consideration. That That's the kind of dude he is for me right now, the front runner for ACC Freshman of the Year. Jared McCain is making – Jared McCain from Duke is making some noise with that. But right now, for me, it's Carlton uh, Carrington. So watch out for him. He's second in the ACC in assists with 5.2 a game behind only Virginia's Reese Beekman. He's averaging 14.1 points, second on the team behind Blake Henson, and 5.3 boards. So he is a guard that's doing a lot, filling up the stat sheet. Got to not only shut down Blake Henson, but RJ is going to have to do work on him or Elliot, whichever is on um, Carrington. The other thing, uh, and this is just kind of more tongue in cheek, but you remember Federico Federico? That's one of Pitt's big guys. They've got those twins as well. But Federico Federico, one of my favorite names in all of college basketball. He's still around at Pitt, so we'll get to see him play tonight as well. Two other things to know about uh, the Panthers. We talked about Blake Henson not being good at the free throw line, so get physical, send him there. It's true for their whole team. They're only shooting 66% from the free throw line. That's 299th nationally. Contrasted with Carolina, who's shooting 10 percentage points better, 76 and a half. That's good for 30th in the nation. So Carolina wants to get to the line, but quite frankly, they're not going to be all that upset about sending Pitt to the line either. Where Pittsburgh does thrive is they get a lot of their offense from deep. Their 36.4% uh, of their points come from the three-point line. That's 45th nationally. So not only does Carolina want to run Blake Henson off the three-point line, just run everybody off the three-point line, try to make them shooters or drivers, and then um, stop that penetration. And if you want to take long-range twos, great. That's the least efficient shot in basketball you can live with that. So my prediction for this game, again, it's FanDuel Carol favoring Carolina by three and a half. I'm going to take the Tar Heels by 10, 85 to 75. That might be a little, uh, a little more than it actually will be, but I just, I have a good feeling about Carolina coming into this one. Uh, a, a look elsewhere at Carolina Athletics. The ladies knocked off Clemson on New Year's Eve, 82 to 76, to kick off ACC play. You love to see that. So, Courtney Banghart's team now up to nine and four on the season, one and zero in ACC play. Lexi Donarski led the way with 23 points, including six threes. We'll take that, Lexi. Keep it rolling. Alyssa Utsby gets a double-double, 21 points, 11 boards. That means that Deja Kelly was just the third leading scorer on the team, 15 points, although she also chipped in eight assists. I think she and RJ must have some kind of battle going on to see who can have the most assists. Uh, way to go, Deja. But again, anytime she's like the third leading scorer and you're not having to rely on her, that's great news for the Lady Tar Heels. Up next for them, by the way, they're hosting Syracuse Thursday at 7 Eastern on ACC Network Extra. Yeah, just as you'll probably recall, the women have like a Thursday-Sunday uh, rhythm every week. So that's kind of what you can count on for the Tar Heels. All right, 
Tuesday trivia answer to wrap up the show. Again, the question, Armando Baycott is 13 points away from scoring 2,000 in his career. He'll be the seventh Tar Heel to do so. Hopefully, he'll do that tonight. And the question is, who are the other six? If you haven't already answered it, now's the moment. Pause the podcast and uh, figure it out and then come back. All right, here we go. I'll give them to you from six all the way up to one. Number six on the list, next up in Armando Baycott sites, is Charles Scott, who scored 2007, Al Wood, 2015, Lenny Rosenbluth, 2047, Sam Perkins, 2145, Phil Ford, 2290. He's number two all time. And then you know the dude who's number one, Tyler Hansborough, 2,872 career points. Armando is not coming close to touching that, but he could overtake Phil Ford for second. Uh, Phil Ford right now is 303 points ahead of Armando. And obviously this is one of those where we got to say, like, is there an asterisk with this? We'll leave that up to history to decide, but that's where it is. Uh, So Armando keeping moving up in the ACC record book. Folks, it's been great to be together today. Can't wait for this game tonight. Again, if you want to hang out and talk about the game in real time with myself and other Tar Heels fans, come join the Locked on Tar Heels Discord. The link's in the show notes. You can email us, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Also, subscribe to the show on video and audio formats. Rate and review so you can give us five stars. Talk about why you love the show. If you're watching, please smash the like button. It means so much. We'll talk again tomorrow. Coach Pat Kilby and I will be with you recapping this hopeful victory at Pitt. It's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Can't wait to talk. But until then, peace.